Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Wrestle Life Radio. I'm Matt Sin. I'm here with my friends Chris Cumby and Kyle Pauly. Chris comes before Kyle because Chris is older than me, and I respect my elders. As you should. Oh, that means I'm the youngest? <laughs> yeah, you are the youngest here. Damn it. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to be talking about Fight for the Fallen and Extreme Rules and the Fallout. Chris and I actually were at Fight for the Fallen. We had an absolute blast. The show was great. Can't wait to tell you all about it. But before we get to that, let's talk about this day in wrestling history. Take it away, Chris. This day in wrestling history. All right. So <laughs> 17 years ago today, one Mr. Eric Bischoff was introduced as the Raw General Manager. Wow, really? Yes. <laughs> and now, history repeats itself. And he's coming back know. next week. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's insane. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be pretty cool. And then also a big happy birthday, 36 years old. He just became my age. Heath Slater and all his kids. Wow. All his kids wow. are 36? Yes. Wow. That's, that's actually super weird. Um, I can't believe that it's 17 years to the day that he appeared on Raw, and this is the week that he's taking over SmackDown. And that's yeah. absolutely incredible. Hmm. Hmm. Weird how it turns out, huh? And the Lion yes, King opens next week. That's <laughs> <laughs> this week. Yeah. What year is it? <laughs> um, so let, let's let's talk results from uh, uh, Extreme Rules and Fight for the Fallen and our uh, our picks here. So I will tell you. That one of us went sixteen and two, and two of us went fifteen and three. Now I know you guys know that I'm not the winner because Chris guessed that I was the winner before uh, when we were chatting in our production meeting. I guess we can call it sure. before we actually started. Yeah, that was in a very official production meeting. Um, <laughs> so uh, sixteen and two. Uh, who do you who do you guys think won? Me. I don't know. I kind of thought that. I- <laughs> Wow, way to go, man. <laughs> so Kyle Kyle got every single one on Fight for the Fallen, as well as you. You guys picked the exact say, same picks. I was undefeated at AEW. Yeah, the only one I got wrong was uh, the six-man tag, because I figured MJF and Sean Spears couldn't uh, couldn't coincide with each other. Uh, and Kyle also only got one wrong on Extreme Rules, and it was Samoa Joe over Kofi Kingston because he picked AJ yep. Styles. Remember, we picked Ricochet. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So Kyle wow. with sixteen and two. Let me tell you, man. You, know, you know, we should have put money on that because, oh my gosh, like that. Those are some incredible picks. Well, the young man, uh, the young man beat us, old guys. I guess. I guess. Hey, what can I say? I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so Minus Samoa Joe in that match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, he it's, should. It's pretty, pretty good. He should have won. I, um, I, I definitely picked that one with what I wanted versus what I really thought was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. know, and uh, I mean, we can get we'll get into it obviously when we review it. But as soon as New Day won the belts, uh, I knew Kofi was going to win. Yeah, I did too. Exactly, and like we, that's the only one that all three of us missed. I don't. I did not like. I didn't think there was any chance the New Day walked out with those titles. No. And then I saw like their weird totem pole preview on the pre-show, and I'm like, right, maybe, maybe, and it happened. Yeah. So, um, so you guys want to get right into the review? Let's do it, man. Sure. Let's do it. 
So Fight for the Fallen was this past Saturday, and as I mentioned, Chris and I went. Uh, we posted on our Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Uh, so uh, as a whole, I want to talk before we get started. I, w- I want to talk a little bit of the difference of uh, watching it on television versus seeing it live. So Chris, coming from seeing it live, what did you what did you think of the show as a whole? I mean, it was a really fun show. It was fun to. There's a. It was a crazy environment. Um, the, at Daly's place here in Jacksonville, there's really no bad seat for like a concert, but obviously for uh, a wrestling match, it got a little difficult, um, especially when they went onto the onto the floor. Um, and I have a a bone to pick with AEW. They had this massive screen, huge, huge screen, and they did not use it at all. The only only time they used it was to show interviews, promos, and when and occasionally when they went out onto the floor, they would show a live feed. But it was only during Kenny Omega and and Shima, and, and you can hear when you if you're watching it on TV, you can hear people cheering and booing and they made a comment on it the commentators did and uh chris and i were, were in that cheering and booing section that's yes. for sure yeah they called out uh on commentary because you could audibly hear and uh much like they do in um like a wwe show they kind of they did like some crowd cutaways too but you could audibly hear the crowd like booing something and i was perplexed watching it because i was like is there a fight going on or what's <laughs> It was close to it. A few I know times. It was fight for the fallen, but geez. Uh, so yeah, and then they there was a loud cheer, and then there was like more booing or something, and that's when the announcers kind of cleared up that it was a. But I thought it was they were just having technical difficulties with the TVs. But you're saying they had it off, yeah, basically the whole yes, time, the whole the time. Wow, and it, it it's, yeah, that's kind and of the uh, thing. Strange. The thing was is that it w- it wouldn't have messed up the shot or anything. I, I, I really wanted to start chanting WWE does is better than you because at least they have it up on the screen. And my, you know, we brought our wives. My wife is four foot 11. All right. She needs all the help she can get. I actually don't think they do it on the screen anymore in WWE. Like actually, the, you know, I went to SmackDown and they didn't, well, it's SmackDown January. They didn't do it on the screen. I think that was a, uh, uh, what's his name? Blanking on it. Kevin, uh, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Kevin Dunn, um, I think it was like one of his calls from what I hear that he he doesn't like for it to play and like the other cameras to catch it and stuff. Well, I don't know. So they keep it off. When they did it here, it was it was way above the ring, so the cameras couldn't have got it anyway. Yeah. Well, they hmm. they did in some shots, but it wasn't it wasn't super obvious. Kyle, from seeing it on television, what did you think about the overall show? Yeah, overall production? show, yeah. It was it was pretty good. Um, the announcing um, was all right. It's it's obviously better than WWE because they, you know, don't constantly. I just hate WWE's commentary because they just constantly try to uh, to break each other, make each other laugh, and just say stupid stuff. Yeah. And then when they comment, they either ignore the match or when they're they are paying attention to the match, they don't really they don't call the action, which is what JR's, you know really been best at his whole career right um and one reason i like uh mara ronaldo so much in uh, nxt because he just calls the action and i just never liked michael cole style and they just argue with each other it's just annoying yeah, yeah. so the, but the commentary on uh, 
Uh, Fight for the Fallen was pretty done pretty well. I thought it was an improvement um, from the last show, but there was still like a couple spots. And um, like I said, right before the main event, JR kind of got mixed up uh, on like what was coming up next. So yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, but overall, you know, it was, I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely better than. Um, uh, double or nothing. There were pretty, some pretty glaring issues of double or nothing. Actually, after I went home, well, after I went home, I went to sleep. Uh, but after uh, the next day, I actually watched it again because yeah, I really wanted to see. Uh, I think it's cool to watch a show that you're you were there live at, um, and I really wanted to see the difference between watching it on television and watching it live. And I'll tell you, we'll get into more of it in in one specific match, and I don't want to mention it yet, but. Uh, there were definitely some things that they should have caught and they didn't catch it. So, uh, because you could definitely see it live and Kyle, you probably wouldn't even know because you could barely see it on, on TV. So uh, there were a couple production issues, but every single time they've been on television, it's gotten better. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah. I can tell you that I was uh, from the Daytona show to this show. This show was way better. From a live angle. Well, the, the Daytona show was kind of a, like a partnership with CEO Gaming, so I don't know if maybe that had something to do with it or not. But I don't, I don't know. I don't. It's not for maybe. me to say. But um, unless you guys want to add anything else, we can go ahead and get started on the actual card. Let's do it. Well, I, I have uh, one question for you guys. Um, how awful did it smell out there? What? What? What are you talking about? The, the only thing that I could, the only thing I could think was it. They kept saying it was eighty-five degrees out there. I saw a bunch of, uh, how do I put this nicely? Um, healthy people uh, waving fans very furiously, and I just thought, I've been and I've been to wrestling shows and can I know how it could be? So uh, I was just like, man, I, it's got to smell awful it down there. It didn't smell bad actually. No. But, but all joking aside, like. They kept saying on the TV, it's 85 degrees. No, man. It was like 100 degrees. Yeah, it was way hotter hotter than that. And it felt much hotter than 85 the entire time. And those wrestlers were under the lights. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I'm sure it wasn't Saudi Arabia blood money hot, right? But it was definitely, definitely hotter than 85 degrees. 100%. Yeah, it it was hot. Um, I'm sure the people sitting... um, ringside probably smelled a few things because they were a lot closer than we Uh were uh we were kind of far back and enough to uh to stay away from some of the nice smells all i could smell was like the hot dogs and beer from concession yeah lots of beer smelled lots of beer Uh, yeah i also know tony khan talked about in his um post uh press conference he mentioned them going back to that venue but they, they would definitely go in the winter yeah. Which I think is probably a good call. <laughs> yeah, or even yeah. like in October. October will be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the pre-show or kickoff or buy-in, whatever you want to call it, started out with Sunny Kiss versus Peter Avalon. And I want to talk about this for a quick second. Um, so staying completely out of the political part here, I was concerned with Sunny Kiss playing a face being – Jacksonville is, is a moderately progressive city – but it's still the country, right? So I was kind of concerned of how the Jacksonville crowd was going to treat Sonny Kiss. I was legitimately worried for him. And when I saw him come out with four Jaguar cheerleaders in Jackson DeVille, I'm like, man, what a better way to ensure 
100% that the Jacksonville natives will get behind this guy. And you know what? I think and he had a Jalen Ramsey. He should Jalen Ramsey shirt. And I'll tell you, if he didn't have all that, I think he still would have been cheered. He was massively over, and uh, he 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 put on a great match. Yeah, I think the AEW crowd just in general is embracing him, which is great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think it's fantastic. So I I didn't really have any doubts. I I I mean, you're always kind of. It's in the back of your mind that, you know, if you go to a different town that, you know, might be a little bit hostile. But I think for the most part, AEW fans uh, are going to get behind him. So Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, Peter Avalon is, is a good worker. I've never really seen him do anything else, but it was it was a great match. Um, it was a good match live. They put on a good match when I went and watched it back. Um, my only complaint, and Chris, you tell me what you think of this. You can give me a full rundown, too, of what you think, but... I don't like Sonny Kish's finisher. That like it looks awesome, but it should be a signature move. It doesn't look like it should put someone away. Um, it it looks like uh, why can't I think of her name? All glow everything from WWE, married to an Naomi. Uso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Half of his moves were like watching Naomi. Yeah. Um, and watching it, <laughs> I'm not gonna say who said this, but someone was like, "Oh my goodness, I thought that was a woman wrestling a man." <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all for show. And, yeah. um, but, uh, I was impressed with the split that, <laughs> that he did. Yeah. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a great athlete. Yeah, honestly, honestly, um, I didn't expect much from the librarian, but he looked really good. Yeah. They both look great. Yeah. So, um, what did you What did you think overall of the match, Kyle? Do you think it came off well on TV? Yeah, I mean it was, I mean, very enjoyable match. So uh, I, I didn't have any issues with it. I thought, uh, what was? I can't even remember the finish. I, I don't. He did I like the, He was on the top rope, and he did like the split, like or maybe even the middle rope, and he just like did a like held his leg up in the air and like did a split on yeah. top of Peter Avalon. Like gotcha. to me, like to like. Uh... <laughs> Just like what's her name from WWE? Why yeah. can't I think of her name? Naomi. I just Naomi. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to see him play more off his athleticism because yeah. uh, he is really athletic. So uh, I hope uh, he shows some more of that in his uh, matches to come. Yeah, that that cartwheel and a double backflip. It was it was great. It was really great. Um, Shoko Nakajima, and we're gonna we're gonna run through these because we've got uh, a lot to go through because we've got both pay per views. Um, Shoko Nakajima and B Priestley versus Britt Baker and Riho. Sonny Kiss got the win, by the way. Um, I really like Shoko, and I, I like B Priestley. I used to watch her in WCPW. Um, I'd never heard of Shoko, but I thought this match was also good, and I'm glad they got some of the Japanese girls on the show because I wanted to see them live, and I thought it it was really good. Uh, it was a good match. Um, there was a few parts in there. I was, I was like, what, what just happened? You know, like whenever Britt Baker went to the wrong corner. Well, some, uh, some insider information. I won't tell you how I know this. Uh, but, uh, Britt Baker did suffer a concussion during the match. Yep. Um, when they took her backstage, they immediately took her into the, uh, the medical area and, um, Definitely has a concussion. Everyone came running to check on her. But, you know, the person who didn't come check on her, and this, is, I think, is important, 
is the person who gave her the concussion, and that's that B Priestley chick. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of a you know if if you cause something, you should go check on them, and uh, yeah, apparently she did not. So I heard about the um, concussion part. I mean, you know, a couple of days after the event, because everybody was talking about the tag in the wrong corner thing, right. and uh, but then that came out, and everybody's like, oh, okay. Um, but I. I don't know if you guys, I mean, I, you probably saw this, but I, I kind of noticed, wasn't there a spot after the pin where Britt Baker got up and like almost got physical with Presley? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had to be pulled apart. Yeah. That, but it, it seemed almost like not part of the, like, I don't know if they were really getting into it or cause he was just, I don't know. It, cause the cameras weren't on it. Yeah right away it wasn't it didn't seem like it was something so i don't know if there's real heat there or especially, and especially after you uh chris say that she didn't go and check on her afterwards yeah, yeah. i wonder if that's you know but i, I noticed it when it came when um like you kind of see it on the corner of the camera and then it showed them being pulled apart and they just kind of looked at each other it was awkward it didn't seem like a thought out uh scenario right. like yeah we're gonna attack it and Britt's supposed to be like a baby face and it seemed like she was going after Presley. So I yeah. don't know if there's heat there or what. Uh, the rumor is they're, they're going to be wrestling it all out. So I don't know if that was legitimate or not, but I do think that um, uh, they are pushing towards that. So I don't know that to be true, but I'd be surprised if not. B Priest yeah. is really over. And uh, if they want to push Britt Baker as like the number one face in the company, uh, the women's division, I think that'd be a good match for all out. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was a great match. I thought, um, uh, like you said, the, the, the two, uh, Rio and Shoko, that they, they kind of carried the match to they be did. honest with They're you. So- um, they really were the workers here. Um, but, uh, but I thought it was a good match, you know, especially since it wasn't, you know, really planned. It, at least it didn't seem planned. It was kind of like a last minute match, but, uh, I thought it went really well. Yeah. Because we didn't pick this match. No, we didn't. Right, and if we did, right. we would have picked wrong. Because I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Britt Baker and Riho undefeated. They're going to continue that. Nope. Yeah. Nope, not at all. Um, so, so I know I mentioned earlier about there being production issues, and this next match is what I really wanted to point out. So, Sean Spears, MJF, and Sammy Guevara versus Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen. And uh, if we didn't mention it, Shoko Nakajima and B Priestley won. Uh, so... MJF comes out first, then Sammy Guevara, then Sean Spears, right? So if you watch the show, you know that they announced Sean Spears as the chairman. And as soon as they said that, MJF is just incensed, right? Like the referee's having to hold him back. Like he is just trying to get all over Sean Spears. And they didn't get that at all. Like they just cut back to him. Like, do you remember after that, Chris, he was like standing in the corner looking all upset yeah, oh, yeah, that's what they got. And then, like, during the match, they were messing with each other. And, like, the only spot they really got, and they didn't really get a good job, didn't do a good job of it, was when Sean Spears was going to wrestle, and then he tagged Sammy Guevara in, and he got out of the ring, and then MJF was kind of, like, giving him a golf clap and, like, jawing at him. Like, they they kind of got that, but not really. And they didn't really explain it. Uh, and, he, like, even, like, after the match, like, they got a little bit of MJF, like, Maybe he's going to attack Sean Spears, but that, that, that is the story for this match to me, right? And I, I don't think they, they got that well at all. The match was 
fun. It was super fun. It was really great. And let me tell you, it, it picked up pretty well on TV, but live, Darby Allen was so over. People were chanting and screaming for him the entire time until he got in. Cody Rhodes has built this kid in one match. And it, it, he he is so over with the AEW crowd, and I hope he stays that way. Yeah, they they were absolutely in love with him. Um, and um, just watching the match, you know, the whole thing between Sean Spears and MJF just kind of, you know, they kind of did their thing. And Sammy, uh, Sammy G carried the match. I mean, he was all over the place. I mean, just throwing his body all over the place. And I mean, just really killed it. Also heard that he's a super nice guy backstage. One of the nicest guys that's there. Um, So he's really good at his character. Uh, But he just carried that match and did an awesome job. That was probably one of my favorite matches. It was super fun. The whole thing was fun. Um, Sean Spears, Got the pin on is on Darby Allen, I think. Yeah, it was on Darby Allen. So now he can say that he did something that Cody couldn't and pin Darby Allen. So that should give him some heat heading toward uh, all out, which is where we assume right. that he's going. Right. Yeah, I love the chairman because if you if you saw his social media um, account, it's an actual chair. Yeah, he's got his shirt <laughs> of it too. <laughs> it's good. Well, aren't they aren't they playing off that? Uh... MJF is um, he's good friends with Cody, Correct. so that's probably Correct. why he was freaking yeah, out the yeah. entire time. Like on Road to Fight Show Fallen, MJF was all freaking out about it. And so, um, right. So I don't know. I know she's had some matches. I've never seen Brandy Rhodes wrestle before until um, Fight for the Fallen. You're gonna mention that uh, Spears, the Spears team won, and that means that you lost that one. Uh, we don't have to go into that. Uh, <laughs> so Brandy Rhodes comes out and you know she did this whole like emotional thing about you know she used to be a figure skater and now she's having uh she's becoming a wrestler and she always felt like she failed when things got you know really important and you know instead of moving on and making it to state why not just fail right now and disappoint people so her and Allie had like this hug on the on on the road to fight for the fallen and they wish each other good luck. And so Allie comes out, she's all happy. Brandy comes out and they shake hands. And as they're shaking hands, awesome Kong's music hits. And I marked <laughs> out. Like I just jumped straight out of my you chair, did. threw my arm straight up. I love awesome Kong. I was so disappointed at her WWE run and uh, absolutely love awesome Kong. And when she came out, I freaked out. I don't care. Maybe this was, you know, unnecessary, right, to put her with Brandy, but I don't care. It was fun. It was great. I love Awesome Kong. Get her on my TV. Uh, The match, I think for Brandy to be such a young wrestler, that the match was just fine. I will tell you, and if I'm being biased, please forgive me, Brandy is a much, if, if she's either better or they hid her weaknesses better, than uh, one of the females in the Extreme Rules main event, not named Becky Lynch. So I, I just, I think people are giving her a really hard time, and I thought the match was better than people are giving her credit for. Yeah, Kyle, he was. I've like- seen her. Um, I've seen her Brandy work in um, Ring of Honor when they came to Nashville. Um, she and I've I've seen a couple of her matches um, before this as well. 
Um, she's gotten better, but she kind of like just stays within her own. Like she she she's gotten a little better, but I just don't see her getting like you know to become like a crazy good worker or something like that. But she's she does well right. for her style, and her, her style is actually pretty similar to Allie. So I wasn't sure how this match was going to be, but um, I thought they put on a pretty good match. So. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think Brandy's pretty, she's pretty good. Definitely, like you said, better than, uh, someone, but (laughs) yeah. What were you going to say, Chris? (laughs) I was going to say, uh, Kyle, if you were there, you could have seen Matt mark like a 10 year old girl. I love awesome Kong. I had no (laughs) clue she was going to be there. No, I love surprises at wrestling (laughs) shows. It's half the reason I go to wrestling. It was, it was really good. Uh, but awesome Kong there. She's a hill. She distracted Allie. Brandy Rose got the pin. Then Awesome Kong starts, you know, she's about to do the Awesome Bomb on Allie. And then Aja Kong's music hits and she comes out. And I'm assuming that's going to be an all-out match. And it's going to be great. Kong v. Kong, baby. I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell. Yeah, uh, he was like a little girl, man. And then at one point, point Brandy Rose comes over and pours a bottle of water on Allie. And I'm telling you, the the water was six dollars. I mean, that's just a waste it was of money. Six dollars. It was so. It was six freaking dollars. So <laughs> oh man, um, this next match was absolutely incredible. Um, I even tweeted about it on uh, at Wrestle Life Pod. You should go follow on Twitter. Uh, so the Dark Order wrestled a boy and his dinosaur, which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And the name <laughs> of the tag team is what they said. Uh, yeah, so yep. they referred to that several times. Did they really? Yeah, they, they didn't announce that yeah. on uh, uh, live. And uh, Jack Evanson and Helico. And uh, I really thought that we all picked the Dark Order here. And I really thought that Angelico and Jack Evans would be taking the, the fall. Jungle Boy took the fall, which is, yeah, I kind of like AEW not doing like the most obvious route, you know? Um, so Jungle Boy is obviously pretty over, and he took the fall, and I don't think that'll matter to AEW fans, to be honest. Uh, this match was so much fun live. It was so much fun. Yes. And uh, it also came off really well on TV, I think. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. Um, Luchasaurus is absolutely incredible. I don't see how you can be 6'5 and then do half the stuff he does. Um, yeah, he was, he was he so might good. have been my favorite part of the match. Um yeah, him and him and Jungle Boy, but uh, Luchasaurus specifically. Like, I because I I've, I haven't seen much of him. Um, I saw him in the Battle Royal, uh, but uh, double or nothing. But yeah. he didn't really show a whole lot in that. We match. did throw Joey um, Dalla, like through a table. But, I was uh, here, think Chokeslam. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a big fella, so Baron Corbin can hold it past slam, him. So. But uh, he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, but yeah, seeing him actually work in this match, and especially how he worked with uh, Jungle Boy, they did a great um, job together. Great, really good so. tag team spot. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them yeah. in the. Um, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll seed and predict the tournament before before uh, it actually starts. If they release the the brackets, I hope they do. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll definitely do that. I, yeah. I totally. At one point uh, during the match. I was like, "Oh my gosh, they're gonna yeah. let Jungle Boy win this!" I mean, it was it was yeah. so it, close, so many near falls, and, and the crowd uh, super bought into it the whole time. the The only problem I had with this match, and this will 
come back up again on this podcast. Uh, you, you guys might know where I'm going with this, but the, because I, I actually asked Matt at one point, I think when we were texting while you were at the show, yeah. uh, Marco Stunt got involved. And I thought, and especially the announcers thought this was illegal because they tried to say like, oh, the referee's not looking. Right. But then the referee just turned and looked anyway right at him as he hit the hurricane run off the top rope. And uh, I was like, is that not a disqualification? And even the announcers were kind of confused. And I asked Matt, I was like, is Stunt, like, right. how is he not, you know... <laughs> And uh, Matt, you said something to me like, oh, well, triple threat, you know, probably no disqualification. But what was it? What happened to me in this match, but was also a big theme in Extreme Rules was there's supposed to be no disqualifications. Yeah. It's, but there's uh, still yeah. a tag match. So it's, it's actually the exact reverse problem, but they it's, both had problems with this. And we'll get into it in a minute, but the same thing kind of happened with Christopher Daniels. The referee was staring straight at him, which was even worse because it's a it's a one team versus one other team match. So like in a triple threat, you can't really like disqualify one and give the, the win to two other people. Now, technically, I guess you could say, okay, well, now Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus is disqualified. They have to go to the back. But is there any precedence for that, like, ever in wrestling? Maybe. I don't I don't know if something like that has ever happened before. Well, it's not. But it's, it's just strange that the – sorry, Chris. Sorry. Um, it's just strange that the um, the whole tagging aspect of uh, – if it's a no disqualification match, then right. why is it just not Tornado? Like, yeah, and that was all over the tag matches that were on Extreme Rules. And uh, I, it was strange here, but then I saw it Extreme Rules, and I was like, why yeah. is – it's just a thing now. Yeah, it was. It was on both shows. Yeah, so well, it's 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 titled as a triple threat match, but it's not a true triple triple threat match because you you're only supposed to have two right. people in the ring at any given time. So even though there's three teams, it's not a true triple threat because if it's a true a true triple threat, then it right. is so maybe the other legal man. So like say um, Marco Stunt, whoever he attacked, I can't remember at this point. I think it was Jack Evans, wasn't it? Uh, whoever whoever he. Had- it was one of the guys that dressed like they looked like Monster Energy drink. Yeah, yeah. So they, they should have won since <laughs> they're the one that the ones that got attacked. Maybe I, I don't know. Either way, the, the 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 match itself was fun, and I am actually okay with that ridiculous uh, stunt, for lack of a better term. Just the sheer <laughs> fact that like he went like crazy high in the air, and we had this insane Hurricane Rana, and it was uh, it was it was a good shot. Uh, but they really have to. That's that's just another production issue, as an example. You know, they have to go through, and this it's very frustrating. Don't get it fixed. I mean, don't get it fixed. It's a brand new, um, you know, company. And, of course. And as time goes on, as time goes on, they'll get it fixed. But um, and, and yeah. I, I wonder if maybe because you know some of the rules are a little bit different, and we're kind of rambling on, and we need to move on. But some of the rules are a little bit different in AEW than WWE. Like there's a 10 second tag rule where the if you tag someone in, they can stay in for 10 seconds instead of five. I wonder if maybe there are some other rules that are different, and maybe Jr. is used to the WWE rules, and he just doesn't know yet. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it, it was kind of weird, uh, but it, the match was so much fun. I just I didn't care. I just I just was still having a blast. Dark Order won. They pinned Jungle Boy. Uh, they did. They, we had so many high spots in this match. It was insane. Yeah, it was it was just great. Uh, Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian. Obviously, Hangman Page is getting the win here because he's wrestling Chris Jericho for the AEW World Title at All Out on August thirty first. Uh, the match was still really great though, and there was one spot in the match and I can't remember exactly where it was 
where I'm like, oh my gosh, Paige is going to lose because it was the last second kickoff and Kip Sabian had like this insane move and I wish I could remember exactly where it was. But uh, for a split second, they actually fooled me and I thought Kip Sabian was actually going to take the win here. Well, one thing that I liked uh, that they did on the broadcast and this comes into the, the part that I, I think fans will like a lot about AEW and what they've kind of been preaching is that wins and losses matter. So they came out and said, first year in his interview, they kind of talked about it, but then the announcer sold it more during the match was that it was totally possible that if Kip Sabian won this, he might be inserted into the match with Jericho yeah. and Paige. So it gave reason for this. It didn't, it made it totally possible that like, it's not a foregone conclusion that Adam Page is going to put him away and he's just going to be done with it. They made it possible that, you know, Kip Sabian could win and it could become a triple threat match. They didn't outright say that that was on the line, I guess, uh, as like a match stipulation, but they pretty much said like, Hey, you got to consider him and being put in that match. If he beats him here. Yeah. Well, they also mentioned that, um, hangman page might not make it all out because he's injured. And maybe if Kip Sabian won, he would be inserted or maybe, you know, they got to, they got to have a plan B what's going to happen. So, which is just realistic. I mean, it's a, and that's what makes it, you know, a lot more fun to follow. And plus there's always a possibility that he really could get hurt and they've got a story built in right there. You so want to talk about plan B. Let's talk about the NBA for a second or the NFL. What happens when your quarterback goes down, right? You got to have a backup plan. And uh, that, that's, Talking about having a backup plan just made it seem more legitimate. I really, I really like that. Blake Bortles. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> uh, Chris, what did you think of this match? So, what I really, really liked about um, the difference between AEW and WWE is that, like you just said a second ago, there was a split second where you're like, "Oh my God, Hangman mm-hmm. might lose." Yep. Like this, it was, it was just, it was such a fun match. It was such, there was so much more back and forth in this match than, you know, so many like top dog matches in the WWE. Like, um, it was just, it was fun. It was entertaining. Um, it was back and forth. And, uh, at one point I was like, why does Kip Sabian look, um, an awful lot like the Intercontinental Champion. This is a true story. This happened. I was like, I was like, dude, he kind of reminds me of Finn Balor, like his outfit and his look. And then he, and then out of nowhere, he does the coup de gras, and I was like, I mean, oh my god! Like two <laughs> seconds later, it was absolutely insane. Yeah, but uh, fun match. Um, the the after work where uh, Chris Jericho um, comes out in his mask and shirt that doesn't fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, fun story, they had to send a runner out to get him a shirt because uh, they didn't have a shirt for him. Um, and so they got one that was too small. Anyway, um, <laughs> so he comes out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not making this up, man. <laughs> so uh, He did say after, that he was getting uh, a little bit bigger for this new character that he's been doing. So. Uh, yeah. There you go. So he, uh, so he comes out and the crowd is chanting, thank you, Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was great. Yep, and then he flipped everybody off. <laughs> he flipped yeah. it off. <laughs> I will say though, he he decked Paige with a uh, the Judas effect because he had a and I text Matt. I was like, he had a. I mean, that's like a. I mean, I watch UFC a lot, and that's that's like a legit hit to the cheek. Like his cheek was. All this happened after 
Hangman Page beat Kip Sabian with like what yeah. a minute left in the match, I think. Right. And so Jericho yeah, came, came down to the wire. One of the minions. Right. And uh, also, let's talk about so if if AJ Styles beats Ricochet in a 19 minute match, AJ Styles has beaten Ricochet in a 19 minute match. If Hangman Page beats Kip Sabian in a 19 minute match, Kip Sabian almost went the distance with potentially the first world champion of AEW. So the time limit actually is is making people look stronger. I like it. I love it. I love it because it's got that it's got that old it's got that old school feel too. You know, like yeah. we have a twenty minute time limit, and it and then it, like you just said, brings it down to the to the end, and you're like, wow, that that almost went all the way. You know, I, I love it. Yeah. The, the only thing I don't like about it is actually what you just said is that Justin Roberts getting on the mic and going. 20 minutes left or yeah, whatever. I get, I do get that because every single match, he's like, we're halfway through it, 10 minutes left. And I'm like, okay, just tell me when there's five minutes left. And then you can start. Or, I don't need to know when there's 10 minutes left because they always pass 10 minutes. So I, I Or it's, it's just like a little strange. It, it, it just kind of pulls me out of like I'm, I'm watching the match going on and crowds, you know, doing what it's doing and there's just no other noise. And then all of a sudden he just like chimes in. There needs to be um, – in UFC they use the uh, – pieces of wood together and they clap them together for like when there's 10 seconds left in the round, there needs to be like a, either a signal or a clock that just like comes up on the screen or something that's almost like a silent reminder that you could see, but it doesn't necessarily take you out of the, the match, not somebody's voice, like the voice of God coming through 10 minutes left. Like I get that. I don't know. Well, well, two, two things here. One, then they'd have to actually use the screen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there you which, go. So they don't. Which they don't like using the screen, and then two, it's it's just got that that old school '80s feel that I think they're going for here. Yeah, I get that. I, so I, I understand. Um, but yeah, Chris Jericho absolutely destroyed Hangman Page. He took off his mask. Everyone chanted how much they loved him. He went back to the back. Uh, then Lucha Brothers uh, wrestled SCU here. This match was my favorite match watching it live. Now watching back on TV. Not so much. It was still really good. Um, but watching it live, there were so many cool spots in this match. Um, they just like the Lucha Brothers at one point slid out of the ring and double super kicked Christopher Daniels, and I think it was unprovoked, if I remember right. So he did like a like a best moonsault ever type thing onto the outside, and the referee kicks him out, which was great. Um, but yes, there's so many so many high spots on this. Watching it live was absolutely incredible. Um, after the match was over, Lucha Brothers defeated Frank Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, and then they challenged the Young Bucks to a ladder match uh, at All Out, and they did almost the entire thing in Spanish, and it didn't matter because almost everyone there, I'm going to guess, only speaks English, and we still got they still got their point across, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of this match? Um, go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, I thought it was a a great match. Uh, I love seeing the Lucha Brothers. Um, looking forward to the ladder match. Yeah. It's just going to be another. They're just so entertaining. They just work so well together. Um, I think they're my favorite tag team in the world right now. Yeah, they're they're pretty great, and I could see them going over Young Bucks in the ladder match. Um, Young Bucks have been on a winning streak, but I could totally see them clashing up with them again and getting the win. Yeah, I can too. I can too. Um, one of the things I really liked, and then I'll let you give your thoughts, Chris, is right at the beginning of the match, they were kind of doing this, you know, 
uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing right, but Zero Miedo, and then SCU back and forth. Yeah. And if you watched it, the crowd was so into it. And like <laughs> Pentagon did like this little like, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but he was like kind of creeping around and then he got like in Scorpio Sky's face and the Scorpio Sky like mocked him and he's creeping around Pentagon. It was just, it was so good. And the spot where, um, what, what's the female ref's name? Is it Aubrey? He tossed, he tossed the glove to her and she missed it and everyone boos and like she looks all embarrassed. So Pentagon calls her back. And so he does it again. That was like one of the biggest pops of the night yeah. where she caught Pentagon's glove. It was great. And that's just so non-WWE. Like you would never, ever see that in a televised or uh, Raw or SmackDown or pay-per-view. Maybe at a house show where they can have a little more fun. Yeah. But I know it's just a little thing not taking away from the incredible match they had. But it was I, – I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, I – um, this this was a great match. Um you know, honestly, I wasn't too familiar with Lucha Brothers as much as SCU, um, yeah. but they they are ridiculous good. Um, yeah, it was it was so much fun uh, just to watch them work together. Uh, Christopher Daniels was a great addition. Uh, from what I understand, he kind of produced that whole match. Um, from yeah. what I, from what I understand, what happened in in the in the background there. Um, but he he's uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to how to put a good match together because that was one of the best and uh, yeah and apparently what I um, apparently he was backstage practice because beforehand they were talking you know doing the whole this is the worst you know town I've ever been in uh-huh. and uh, and he did the Duval chant and apparently he was backstage practicing because he didn't want to mess <laughs> up <laughs> he didn't want to mess up doing the Duval. Duval. It's a true professional there. Yeah. So, and every time the crowd, I, I don't know if you heard this, Kyle, on the um, on the broadcast, but every time they would do the two count, you know, how everyone yells two, they were going yeah. two vol. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was so good. You know, Lucha Brothers were really over with the crowd, even though SCU were wearing Jag colors. And Scorpio Sky like had Jaguars on his like pants, like a Jaguar print, and uh, people were still cheering for the Lucha Brothers. So. Yeah. Uh, you can tell they're very over. They're so much like the Young Bucks in that they work so well together. Uh, I mean, how could you not love them? So yeah. I'm not surprised that they're going to get cheered wherever they go. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. The Lucha Brothers went over, challenged Young Bucks, ladder matched it all out. going to be awesome. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Shima. And I, I'm going to, I'm not going to say anything yet because I watched it live and on TV. Kyle, tell me how this came off on television. I, I actually really like this match. Um, they they kind of played on the fact that, you know, Kenny Omega needed to pick this up, this win up, especially um, going into the match with Moxley. They were just talking about the importance of him gaining momentum for that match. So, um, yeah, it's – but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good back and forth. They beat the crap out of each other. So, uh just a, just a lot of fun if you enjoy watching two men beat the snot out of each other. <laughs> now, Chris, how do you think this match came off live? You know, I agree with you um, when we had talked uh, at the at the event that uh, it started a little slow, um, but it, it picked up super fast. Um, again, you know, with the, with the crowd not being able to see some of the things they were doing at first, 
Um, but it was a great match. It was it, honestly, it was better than I thought it was going to be, you know, cause you know, you know, everyone knew Kenny Omega was going to win the match. It was just kind of one of those things. And, you know, everyone loves him and all these, you know, fanboys just, you know, cry when they see his face. Um, but then, but whenever, I mean, see, he, he really kicked the snot out of him. So I mean, I, it was a great yeah. match, and I hope that they give that dude a push later on because, I mean, he, he was killing it. Great match. Yeah. Great match. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So watching it live, I really enjoy, like, training wrestling and stuff, but I still thought the match started out a little slow. Um, and I'll tell you, the crowd wasn't into it at the beginning, but I think it's because of the match that it had to follow. Uh, people, we were just all so exhausted. And also, it was a little difficult to see when they started going into, you know, the outside spot with a table – you can hear the cheers and the boos because they were turning the screen on and off constantly. And right. that kind of took away a little bit from me live because yeah, everyone was so irate that we couldn't see. So it, it was a little difficult. But watching it back on TV, it's one of the best matches I've seen in, in, in quite some time. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, I think Shima might have overdid it with the Meteoras just a little bit. I think he did it like seven times or something crazy in the match. Yeah, and I'm not too familiar with him. And it sounded like the way they were talking about it, that was his finishing move. So yeah. he like hit it and like seven like kept hitting it. Away. Well, when he did it on the ground, I was like, okay, well, it's probably not, you know, you could say, you could, you know, make sense of it that it's not full impact. He's right. not off the top rope. But then he hit it off the top rope and it was just like, oh, okay, is it over? Yeah. And then it wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, that was weird. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it just shows how strong Kenny Omega is. I don't know. Obviously, he is their star of the future. Kenny Omega is the guy. So uh, whether whether we like it or not, I like it. But uh, yeah, so I don't have a problem so much with it. But it was weird. It did make Shima seem a little bit weak. That was my only concern. But uh, Kenny Omega got the win here over Shima again. Match was great. Please go watch it. It was good. Uh, then Chris Jericho's music hits. And all four of us, me and Chris and both of our ladies, were very excited because all four of us love Chris Jericho. And uh, Chris Jericho comes out and calls us Jerksonville and Jackoffville and Jackassville. And you know what? None of us cared. We love him anyway. And he yes. goes, go ahead, boo me. And I look at my wife and I'm like, boo? Because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to boo Chris Jericho. I love Chris Jericho. Yeah, there was a there was a good mix in the crowd uh, over the uh, broadcast yeah. of him saying it. So I was like, eh, he's kind of trying to sell the booze more than the cheers. But there was definitely a 50-50 yeah. split. I think he did a great job because someone as popular as Chris Jericho, I mean, everyone screamed when he came out. It was the loudest pop of the night. So I think the fact that he was able to get even almost half the crowd to boo him, that shows how good of a worker he is. And uh, so yeah. he, he ran down the crowd. He said he wants to thank you, but he doesn't want it from us, even though we were chanting, thank you, Jericho. He wanted it from AEW management. Hangman Page came out, beat him up. I mean, dude had a shiner. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw it yet, but the uh, latest being the elite was the backstage at uh, Fight for the Fallen. And uh, he he cut himself, or he, he got cut up pretty good. Uh, but he came back out and, and worked through it. I'm surprised it wasn't worse because it was pretty bad when he was in the yeah. ring. Uh, like I, when I text you, because I watch UFC fights and that's the kind of stuff that they get from the real yeah. punches. <laughs> so like he had a big welt on his face. It was, I thought his eye was going to be like swollen shut in like, you know, a matter of minutes once he got to the back. And when he came out and it was a little bit more swollen, but not like 
too bad swollen. I was like, okay, well, it's not, you know, it's not going to get worse. But I thought for a second he was going to have a uh, big swollen eye for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He um, he definitely got injured. That I think they did some, I don't know if they did staples or stitches. Stitches. Uh, but he, he did post something today with a with a picture of that. It was just talking about the pop. I mean, not not many people knew the intro songs for most of the the wrestlers. I mean, most of them knew like Cody's song, but I swear half the crowd was singing along with Jericho's. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it was rock. it was it was it was pretty awesome. Um, just I'm just gonna tell you, Chris Jericho is my favorite wrestler of all time. So yeah. he can do nothing wrong to me. I thought it was a great. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, he did a great job. I'm really looking forward to this match. Um, when we get a little closer, we'll talk about who we think will win. I think we'll have some disagreements there, but uh, I'm really excited for that match. I think it'll be pretty pretty sick and good. And then we had the main event, the Young Bucks versus the Rhodes Brothers. And I really like the way Cody, because he can't call himself Cody Rhodes, right? But they can introduce themselves. I think he can. No, he can't. But he can he can't. So the he wasn't so like Dustin was Dustin Rhodes and Brandy was Brandy Rhodes before they like, I don't know how it works, but they were before WWE, they used the Rhodes name. Cody never did. So he can't use Cody Rhodes. Kind of like how Christian couldn't be Christian in TNA, but he could be Christian cage because he used Christian cage before WWE. I thought I heard in an interview a while back that um, it might've been before double or nothing that he said he could, use it now if he wanted to, but he doesn't really want to, um, which I wouldn't know why, but I'm, I think that's what I heard him say, but I, I can't remember. Either way, he's not doing it. Um, I know his Twitter handles Cody yeah. Rhodes. Well, I need to confirm that because like what, what I think he's doing is they're introducing themselves as Cody and Dustin Rhodes or yeah. Cody and Brandy Rhodes. And that's kind of a way to, yeah, that's how they've been doing it for a long time. And for, I, I do not, I mean, I know for a while he wasn't able to use it, but, I think that something had happened where he he said that he was able to if he really wanted to, but he just felt like it was kind of pointless at this point. Which I, I might I may be wrong or might have misheard yeah. that, but I think here's where we got to move on. Yeah. so let's go. Yeah, we're, we're almost <laughs> we got a whole extreme rules rules to do. Uh, so Young Bucks versus Cody and Dustin Rhodes um, live. This people were up the entire thirty plus minutes. The match was incredible. Lots of cool spots. Um, I liked how at toward the end of the match, uh, the young bucks did the, the punches where, you know, one of them drops their knees and the other one went on their back cause they were mocking Cody and Dustin. And then they turn around and Cody and Dustin super kicked them in the face. That was, that was a really nice, that was a yeah. really nice spot. Uh, lots of good spots in this match. Um, I knew the young bucks are going to win, but I did not know Cody was taking the pinfall. I really thought it was going to be Dustin and Chris and I were talking about that while we were at the show. Yeah, he um he looked good for fifty years oh my gosh, old. Did he um, I don't think you know we we were talking in the first show about that this may be his retirement match. I don't think so I don't anymore. Think so either. I think I, I think he's going to be around for a while. I think he found a new he has kind of a new uh, new love again, and uh, I think I think we're going to see Dustin around for a little bit. It's that DDP <laughs> yoga, baby. <laughs> it would be nice if he wrestled for another year. At least it would give him another name when we get to TNT as well. Um, then they ended it with yeah. uh, donating $150,000 to prevent further gun violence and to victims of gun violence to the city of Jacksonville. Um, I, that, obviously, that was great. I mean, what more can you say about that? But uh, one thing I do want to point out is Kenny Omega uh, separately donated $10,000. And uh, I've always heard that 
you know, he's a really nice guy and he's very charitable. And I thought that was kind of a, a, a nice touch for him to do. Uh, but yeah, the show was cool. Not much happened after it went off the air. Some kids got in the ring and Cody was playing with them. That was cool. I have no idea if it was like the Young Bucks boys or, you know, if it was fans. I don't know. Uh, Papa Khan was also yeah, out there. Papa Khan was out there. And Cody, Cody called him Shad Khan. Yeah, it's Shad Cody. But come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not Shad <laughs> It's Shad Khan. You signed your checks, bro. Come on. Yeah. But it was it was good. It was good. So let's let's jump right into extreme rules just because uh, we really need to need to get moving here. So extreme rules on the pre-show surprisingly added a match: Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. Uh, Shinsuke won. Surprised me. Uh, I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm glad they're pushing him as a single star. I hope Finn Balor turns heel and joins the club. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. This match was short. It wasn't Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. If they were at, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, if they were at Fight for the Fallen, they would have put on a five-star classic. Absolutely. And this was a six-minute throwaway Raw match, right? Well, their their TV match on SmackDown the other night was better than this match. It was. Uh, I, I, I really felt like they – supposedly WWE knew that these other matches that they put on late were going to happen, which is strange that they, but they just like didn't announce it for whatever reason. Um, but it's, it seemed like they didn't know it was going to happen because they just kind of went out there and did, you know, a fairly simple match and it was fine. Uh, it was just weird that the intercontinental championship was on a pre-show yeah. with Nakamura and Finn Balor and nobody cared about yeah. it. Nobody really cared. Talk about falling from grace. Nakamura I won. Mean, it just, it just, I don't know. Well, and it's the, falling from grace. Not just the two superstars that are in it, but the belt that they are fighting for. Right. Like the twenty four seven title is getting more attention than that belt is. Yeah. Do you remember when the Intercontinental title was like the uh, the most one of the most important titles? Bret Hart, yeah. Razor Ramon, yeah. Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H. I mean, that, that's they yeah. all held this belt. It's prestigious or was. I got to tell you, that's one of my yeah. favorite titles. And to throw it on the pre-show, like I, I get you wanted to, you know, switch, switch the title, but why not do it tonight? You know, yeah. I, you know I, I don't, for whatever reason, I'm glad we didn't have to choose this one because we would have gotten them. All of us would have gotten this one wrong. Oh, got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, and it was, it was a fine match. It just, it wasn't special. And these guys could put something special if you just gave them time and gave them some sort of motivation story. Uh, the Cruiserweight Championship was up next. Drew Gulak defeated Tony Nese. The match was good. The Cruiserweight Championship matches are always good. Uh, but, I mean, it's a Cruiserweight Championship. It doesn't matter, right? Not really. Uh, Apparently it matters as much as the Intercontinental title. I, I, thought, so. I thought it could have been better. I mean, it, it wasn't up to their normal um, 205 live matches. But all in all, it was good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, like, I don't care. Like, I enjoy seeing good wrestling but they just got to give me a reason to care. I don't care about any of the guys. Just, uh, give give each guy seven, eight minutes, Jeez. once on Raw, once on SmackDown. Have a heart. Match. Yeah. Have a heart, yeah. Matt. I mean, these people have families. I know. I just, <laughs> well, the problem is WWE doesn't care. Yeah. And when they don't care, we're definitely not going to exactly. care. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the show opened with Roman Reigns and The Undertaker defeating Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. And I look over to my wife and I say, if this is the opening match, something's going to happen. And you know what? Nothing happened except we got a good match and we didn't expect to. Uh, I mean, it wasn't okay. 
Okay, so we're just talking about a lot of amazing wrestling matches on Fight for the Fallen. It wasn't that, all right? But I was expecting hot garbage, and we, we got a cool little match, right? Shane McMahon jumped, you know, from the top rope to the table. We had that spot. We had the coast-to-coast with the trash can. We had that awesome, awesome shot with Drew McIntyre standing up behind The Undertaker, and then Roman Reigns intercepting it. Like, it, it was good, right? I thought Roman Reigns and um, Drew McIntyre were really good. Taker was pretty good, better than he has been. Yeah. Uh, Shane was Shane. Yeah, he jumped so, off my uh, stuff. I, mean, that's what I will say, though, so I heard uh, that this was – the entrances were about 18 minutes or yeah. something like that, and the matches started to, like, 18 minutes in the show. But uh, I, I just heard that. But I, I will say I tur- I actually turned on the show um, and saw the – the taker was coming out like he was just starting his entrance like the 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 dong had just gone off and so i was like okay this is the first match on the show and i kind of rewound i was gonna go back and watch the pre-show matches but i wanted to see what had happened and so i kind of like flipped through quickly to see kind of what you know was going on saw the finishes and all that just kind of get caught up and this took five or so minutes to do it wasn't i didn't quickly do it i kind of just like went through and saw and then uh i was like okay that's good enough. And I clicked live and the match was just about to start. And I was like, what? That sounds right. How long did it take for the undertaker to get to the ring? I mean, I know it takes a long time, but man, this was like, I mean, pushing 10 minutes. I'm not like, not exaggerating, like pushing 10 minutes. It took me to look through these things and take her. Like they had just started. the yeah, match. It, it takes a while to get your walker down the, uh, the ramp. So, mm. uh, mm. Yeah, it must. <laughs> well, and let me tell you, have. Drew McIntyre when he squared up with the Undertaker at the beginning, didn't he just look like a superstar? Yeah, he's he yeah. looks great. Um, they did on the commentary say that uh, I think they said Taker was like six nine or something like that, or six something, and said Drew was like five inches shorter yeah, than no, him. It's like inch and a half. Uh, they're yeah, they're like face to face. I'm like, mm, yeah, and math is off. Part yeah, of his exactly. boot is so cushioned that it gives him that many inches. Right. I didn't oh, like um I didn't really like Elias getting involved. I thought they could have done without that. But, yeah, it was uh, unnecessary. They finally came back from the match right. from <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Overall uh, overall it was probably a B for WWE, right? Yeah. I, I I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I'm looking at the CBS review right now, which is where I'm getting my results, and they gave it a B. Oh, so look at that. There you, go. you agree with CBS. You should write for CBS. Oh, uh, they couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> Speaking of uh, coming back from the match last week, uh, the guys that Elias abandoned, the Revival, uh, wrestled the Usos, and they put on a pretty sticking good match as well. And I'll tell you, this pay-per-view was, was surprisingly good. Because the work, I mean, the buildup was crap, right? But the workers are just so good, they they can just put on a good pay-per-view. Kind of like Stomping Grounds was good until the end. For me, it was some good and some bad, but I mean, yeah, we'll get into it some more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this match was good. I don't really think there's anything to say. It was, they got more time than they would have on Raw um, because they didn't need to make it two out of three falls so they could, you know, get them on, you know, get, go to the commercial break. Uh but the rival hit the shadow machine at the end. Uh, if you like tag team wrestling and you can't watch Fight for the Fallen, watch Extreme Rules. This was a good match. Yeah, this was a very good match. Uh, a huge Revival fan, huge Uso fan. 
two of the best tag teams, I think, um, out there right now, and they put on a great match. Yeah. Um, Alistair Black versus Cesaro. Alistair Black won, obviously. This was not a WWE-style match, and I really, really liked it. They kicked the crap out of each other. This was Um, my favorite match of the night. Yeah, it was so good. This match could have been on Fight for the Fallen, and it would have fit in perfectly, which is really weird. WWE doesn't usually allow this kind of stuff, but boy... Like what it was just an absolutely incredible match. Tell, tell us a little bit about it, Kyle. I mean, I'm a big fan of Aleister Black. I said that on the the last show. Uh, I also love Cesaro, so I was looking forward to this match. And they both delivered. Um, well, I mean, like I knew they would. And Aleister is just uh, – you could tell he's trained uh, kickboxing and has some – I mean, his, his strikes are really good. They, they kind of, they always say like, Oh, Taker's the most decorated striker. And it's like, uh, kind of, he's, yeah. uh, he could punch <laughs> like, but he's, Alistair Black really is the, probably the most decorated striker other than like Nakamura, who's a legit fighter. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got he's just like an it factor that I just love. That's why I was so disappointed at the buildup and hit them not really do anything, but I'm so glad he just came out and did his thing in this match. And um, yeah. But the match was but, great. Uh, yeah, I loved it. And I, I also just love the black mass and just he clobbered. I actually felt bad for Cesaro because he got it clean in the jaw, which might have actually knocked him out because <laughs> it was a legit to the jaw kick. And uh, but yeah, it oh, looks insane. Amazing. Yeah, I saw the I saw the slow motion replay replay. But yeah, it's textbook kick to the jaw. <laughs> but it looked great. Yep. Oh yeah, it was really good. Um, so then they moved on to like this back, this weird, like really weird backstage segment that made no sense at all. And then R Truth and Carmella, Carmella were like searching for Drake Maverick, and then Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross come out of the bathroom, and R Truth says, "Is Drake and is Hornswoggle in there?" And Alexa Bliss says, "Yes." And then Carmella has to drag R Truth off because he thinks Drake Maverick is in the women's restroom. Like it was really weird. And then so Alexa Bliss gives Nikki Cross her one of her T-shirts as a gift who wore it as a ring, and then like the Street Profits came out and asked the girls where the party was going to be after they won their match. It was really strange and weird, and I think the less said about this segment, the better, right? Move on. Move on. Yeah, move on. Uh, speaking of moving on, the Bailey versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss match was fine. It, it could have been on Raw, right? Like, this didn't need to be on a pay-per-view? I was just so... They could have gone so many... We, we talked about this being a triple threat. It probably would have been better... Um, I kind of knew what the result was going to be with a handicap match, which is just strange with two, uh, especially since Nikki Cross had beaten Bailey by herself, like two on one handicap matches are just strange. But I think we all knew that and we all picked Bailey to win, but there was no dissension between Nikki Cross and even after Alexa. Yeah. They lost and Alexa's, you know, comforting her. Like it's okay. It's like, like what was the point? Yeah, are of, they going to move into that? Like, I don't know. I'm sure they will. Yeah, we'll see on Raw, but at least give a hint at the end of the match. Because, but even the way they set up the finish, like there was no like ill like ill will between them, or like nothing went wrong. Bliss just missed her move. Uh, Nikki made the tag, then she got hit. Bailey hit an elbow and won. So it just it's strange. Well, I th- I, like, yeah. it just doesn't. I think they're going to con- I think they're going to continue with it, um, and I'm sure eventually they'll have them turn on each other because that's that's what they do. Uh, what I really liked in this real real fast was when Bailey had them both in a submission lock 
that was a cool shot. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. It's it's a nice nice something different for Bailey, and I liked it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next match is Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, which was pretty stinking good and much 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 better than I thought it was going to be. Right, Chris? Agreed. I I did not care about this match at all. And then they started, and I was like, "Holy crap! This is actually pretty good." Uh-huh. When it was over, I was like, "I can't, I can't wish it was kept going." Like it was just, it was a really good match. Yeah, last week you said, "I wish I cared about this match," yeah. and then five minutes in, you do right. Yeah. So like that's that's good. That means they're doing their job. Yeah. They did a great job. The the crowd started chanting ECW. I mean, it was it was a fun match. What I would have, I think I would have enjoyed. I think I would have enjoyed it more if they had not, if Bobby Lashley had not come back uh, last week. I wish they would have just, like I said in the last episode, did like a, maybe Bobby Lashley do a promo from the hospital or something. Braun Strowman supposedly had a ruptured spleen, which is like a three to six month recovery yeah. rate. And yeah. uh, he was fine. And he's a monster. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. The monster among men. Uh, but I, but I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the match overall. The, the suplex against the thing and Lashley just splatting on the concrete that hurt yes. to watch. Yeah, it did. Um, and then the big spot at the end, it was it was a little bit corny because they kind of jumped into a box and you know they probably landed on a pad or something, and then they both just disappeared. But they didn't make up for it when Braun just busted through the the wooden thing oh, like yeah. a like a giant monster. <laughs> Like rah, just coming yeah, through. Like awesome. I was like, okay, that was yeah. pretty. Although my wife did cool. say that he should go as the Kool Aid Man for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sh- at least he didn't shock master. That would have yeah. been, uh, <laughs> been rough. That yeah. would have been rough. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a really fun match. Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. So if you follow us on Twitter at WrestlePod, uh, you would have noticed that uh, I might have said, "Man, this six this this triple threat tag team match." has to be really good to top the fight for the fallen triple threat match. And even though this match has the best wrestler in the world in it, obviously meaning Otis, that uh, I don't <laughs> think they could do it. And I tell you, I don't think they topped the fight for the fallen one, but darn it if they didn't come close. I mean, this match was so much fun. I had an absolute blast with it. Heavy machinery was great. Like, everyone cares, loves Otis, right? But, like, who cares about Tucker? Well, I do now because, man, did he show off in this match. Obviously, everyone loves New Day. Rowan is fine. Daniel Bryan's the greatest wrestler in the world. This match was awesome. It had absolutely everything. It was nonstop action. Uh, and New Day, Midnight Hour. Hit the Midnight Hour, right? It was whatever. They called Up, Up, Down, Down, mm-hmm. I think. No, it's just Midnight Hour. Is That's it? what they called it on commentary. At least. Okay. Yeah, so they uh, hit their finisher, and oh, that spot with Big E taunting Daniel Bryan after Daniel Bryan just laying kicks into yeah. him. How awesome, that was, awesome. was that? That was great. Yeah, so I think uh, unless you guys disagree, I thought this match was out of this world good. It, it was very entertaining, but this goes back to what I was saying. The whole it just it it doesn't make sense to me because. Or at least I need to clarify the rules because the tagging in a, like I said, it should almost be, if there's no disqualifications, it should be right. a tornado because it basically right. turned into yeah, one it did. later. It always like, does. It, but it was so strange because they were like doing crazy stuff and then they would go in and apparently there's like a legal man now and, or somebody would be standing on the apron waiting for a tag. And it's like, 
just get in there and kick his ass. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just standing there. Like there's just a disconnect and they need to, I'm all fine with the triple threat being a, you know, no disqualification or maybe a no, no holes barred and kind of just clarify what the rules are. Right. Cause yeah, there was, they just kind of take liberties at that kind of thing. And it just bugged me. I think yeah. it was during this match at one point where I was looked at my wife. I'm like, that's not the legal guy. And he's pinning him. Like what's going on right now. Right. Um, yeah. And, and that, I think that happened a couple of times, but um, what I really liked about the match was that Rowan always comes in and just clears, you know, the, the, the ring. Well, he didn't do that this match. And I really liked the fact that they let him just be the big giant man who kills everyone. But like they, right. they, they brought him down and made it more of a tag team match. And it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I know it's stupid and I freaked out about the mixed tag team elimination match last week. So I shouldn't say this, but you kind of have to suspend disbelief a little bit with wrestling because the rules are made up. And the, what what what's the line from <laughs> whose line is it anyway? Right. It's like uh, the rules are made up. and The points don't matter or something like that. Yeah. And, and so, like, I don't really care about minute things like that if the action is really good. So that's why it didn't really bother me like it usually does. I mean, I still enjoyed it because of that, but. But yeah, I, I'm just a stickler for, yeah, I, I, I'm just picky on that kind of stuff. No, so. I understand. <laughs> uh, after the match was over and New Day pinned, uh, New Day pinned Daniel Bryan. I'm laughing because laughing you at? said that we have to have willing suspension of disbelief. I'm like, we have to have that for every freaking match. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what wrestling exactly. is, guys. <laughs> yeah. But after that, Paul Heyman came out and said, tonight... Brock Lesnar will cash in his money in the bank on either Kofi Kingston or uh, or Seth Rollins. And he said, am I telling you the truth or am I Paul Heyman? Ha, ha, ha. Then we go to AJ Styles versus Ricochet. This match was so, so, so good. I'm super biased because AJ Styles is my favorite wrestler, even though he's not the best wrestler in the world. That's Daniel Bryan. Um but AJ Styles, the, the the finisher to this match, right? And there wasn't a whole lot of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows um, interference, which I thought was cool. Uh, Carl Anderson did point out that AJ's leg was under the bottom rope, so uh, uh, that should break up a pinfall. But then at the very end, Carl Anderson did distract the ref. Uh, Luke Gallows kind of pushed uh, Ricochet, who kind of fell over on the top turnbuckle. And I think it was on Raw last week or maybe the week before where he – Climbed up on the top rope and did a, uh, I think actually Gallows actually handed Ricochet to AJ Styles, right? And he did a Styles clash mm. off the top. Right. Well, this time AJ Styles climbed the turnbuckle and was looking out at the crowd and like jumped backwards and yeah. did a Styles clash. Scary and it was, <laughs> so, it really was, but it was such a cool thing to watch. Um, Glad like it wasn't part James of me. <laughs> exactly. Part of me is like, I hope he's not going to die here. But like after he landed flat, like I knew he was fine. And uh, oh, man, I love this match so much. Like Extreme Rules was so much better than I expected it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people are like mad because and I get it. They they just gave Ricochet the title and they're taking it off. Yeah. Of him. But like I said, when we were going over the um, the predictions and I uh was the sole person who predicted this match correctly. Um, I think it's important to uh, to show that, and they did, that you know AJ Styles didn't do it on his own. Gallows and Anderson gave him help, and that gave the three-on-one. So right. like in that sense, I don't mind Ricochet losing it because 
they cost him the right. match. It wasn't, you know, he, he was on the way to, he was on the way to winning it and, you know, they got in the way. And so now it's, it's what they do after that's really going to, you know, sell this. I think he needs to, you know, take them on and, you know, eventually win the title back from them. And uh, yeah, so it's good. It's going to be important on what they do tonight and what they do moving forward. But, uh, but yeah, him taking all three of them on will just make him stronger. So I don't think it hurt him losing. Um, I think it's a good program to build on and it's long-term storytelling. Yeah. It should be anyway. So yeah. we'll, see. Was, it was, we'll see if it's, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I'm putting a lot of faith in them, which is probably yeah, not It was good, a lot but. of fun. Um, and, and we all expected this to probably be the match of the night. Right. Um, and, and it, yep. it definitely delivered to what yeah. we thought it was going to be. I'm going to say something about AJ Styles. I think he, along with Chris Jericho, are the only two guys I know that can be an awesome face and an awesome heel. Yep. So. Yep. Well, there are some other guys. You could, I mean, there's some other guys, but I think that they both do it really well. And uh, AJ Styles is like that guy, like this down down to earth Southern guy that like probably shouldn't be able to play a heel, right? Because his face character is like such a like such a likable personality. But man, he's a good heel. He really is. Really good playing the jerk. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to Kevin Owens versus Dolph Ziggler. And unless you guys really want to, I'm just going to move through this. The match lasted about three and a half seconds, enough for a stunner and a three count. Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Dolph Ziggler. I don't know why. Yeah. Just what I, mean, it I guess to be. it was fine. <laughs> I don't know why it even needed to be on the show, but that happened. Kevin Owens could another I hate Shane McMahon promo for. 30 seconds, and then we moved on to Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. So let's do that. Clearly, they're moving to Shane McMahon and uh, Kevin yeah. Owens. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. Uh, Chris, since you're a big Samoa Joe fan, we all are, but go ahead. I um, I don't like the outcome. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Um, okay. I, I think that I think this match could have been a little bit better. Um, I think any match with Samoa Joe is a good match. Uh, and, and I think we all feel that way about him. He makes matches good. Um, and he even takes a fall, even, you know, he, he does what he's, what he's asked of him. And, and, right. and I know that we all, you know, everybody loves Kofi Kingston and his story and yay for Kofi Kingston and blah, blah, blah. But um, it, it's time to move on. Uh, I, I think that, I yeah. think he's played it out long enough. Um, a pancake throwing champion is not a, a good champion. Um, and I, and I think some, and I think Samoa Joe would be, would be a great champion. Cause I think he could carry it for a while convincingly, convincingly. And I, I actually, so the, the promo that the new day cut at the beginning of the show, I saw that when it was happening and I was actually kind of annoyed by it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, sometimes new day is great. And sometimes they just like. They, I mean, they're over the top, so it's it's either going to go one way or the other. It's going to be over the top great or over the top, just stop doing it. So, uh, but yeah, it, it just sucks. This, this match was like um, way shorter than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's a WWE title match, and it might have been – it was other than like Kevin Owens and um, Dolph Ziggler, like they, they just rushed through it. You could tell. It was, I mean, it was like right around 10 minutes yeah, uh, or something like that, like – you know, maybe like 10 to 12 minute match. And I mean, if Joe would have lost, I would have wanted him to lose like in a grueling long match and, you know, make him look strong to give him a case for a title match. Next. It it was a short match. They kind of rushed through it. It was a whatever match. And then it, 
came out of nowhere and Kofi just, you know, kicked him. And yeah, so I think it was a disservice to Joe, which isn't it's very surprising because it just seems to happen with WWE. But I agree. It was funny, though, that Joe attacked Kofi's middle finger because he that flipped was him funny. off. Yeah, that was uh, a good little, good little <laughs> that, was good. that was the best the part problem, of the match. The but, problem um, with this match is like Samoa Joe dominated the whole time. He got hit with Trouble in Paradise and it was just over. Yeah, and the fans were dead and just yeah, didn't expect I mean, it. Like it just happened. They're like, oh, okay. I love Kofi Kingston, but boy, this has not been a great title reign. The story leading up and the match with Brian was incredible. But I mean, he wrestled Kevin Owens, which was fine. Dolph Ziggler a couple times, which weren't great, which surprisingly. And this match wasn't great either. This, Kofi Kingston's incredible. And the guys he's been he's been wrestling has been really good. I, I but I don't know, man. Like I, I'm all for Kofi. I Kingston, feel like they would have. I feel like they would have pulled the trigger if they if if uh, the main event didn't happen like it was going to. Maybe um, we'll talk about it. But um, and then obviously the New Day winning theirs. I think that was kind of a maybe a last second decision, and they're like, well, we're just going to give them all the belts yeah. now and do this. That'll be but, cool. That'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, so the main event, and I said I'm just going to sleep through it, but it was it was pretty good. Well, bad. Um, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch won. Uh, Kofi Kingston won, by the way. Uh, Seth Rollins and Be- Becky Lynch won, defeated Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Um, the The whole match was pretty good. It was kind of hardcore. I don't. I, and again, I think it's dumb that you have to tag. Like, what's the point of men wrestling the men and women wrestling the women if there's no, you know, nothing bad happens if the men attack the women or the women attack the men. Baron Corb the match ended with Baron Corbin giving the end of days to Becky Lynch, which just made Seth Rollins go crazy. Seth Rollins beat Which the, I really liked. Yeah, it was really cool. Beat the snot out of Baron Corbin with a kendo stick, then with a chair, then stomped him two, three times. Three, three times. Stomped him three times, yeah. pinned him, and as his music starts playing, the music stops. And you hear the music <laughs> of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, now let me tell you, I wasn't was surprised my, uh, by this because <laughs> yeah, I thought that you did a great job. You did a great job. Uh, yeah, because it sounds like you're going to vomit, and that's how I feel every time I hear his music. I wasn't surprised by this. I'm on like a 45-minute delay, and Chris goes, wait, do you see the ending, grr? And the only reason Chris would say that, because Chris absolutely hates Brock Lesnar. Like, I don't know anyone who hates Brock Lesnar worse. And I'm like... Oh, you ruined this for me, Chris. And I'm still giving him a hard time for it. Now I'm just doing it on the recording. <laughs> so it's, it's it's official now. It's been said. Chris ruined the main event for me. So <laughs> we're surprised. So, so Brock Lesnar comes out that Chris yeah. is doing an imitation of himself after he saw Brock Lesnar pin Seth Rollins. So <laughs> Brock Lesnar comes out and he pins Seth Rollins and wins the title, right? Seth Rollins is shocked. He's hurt emotionally. He's, or he's hurt physically. He's emotionally worried about his girlfriend. Um, they had this cool spot after the show was over. They released on Twitter of Becky coming and like checking on Seth. But yeah, like, I want to talk about that whenever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I actually liked it. You and, can get an edgewise, Kyle, because Matt's taken over. I know, I know. Time. Well, let's, let me <laughs> tell you. Jesus Christ. I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to get through this. We're at an hour 20. So, so at the end, Becky Lynch comes up and she gave, she like, she was checking on Seth, but she didn't do it in like the girlfriend way, right? She, she did it as like, I don't know, this actually, the, the whole thing with this is it hasn't made Becky Lynch look like the girlfriend, which I really like about, because that, that was one of my big concerns that we're just going to make Becky look weak. And I, I don't think she has. 
Seth Rollins apologizes to her, apologizes to the fans, says, I'm sorry, I let you down. Uh, I actually, I kind of dug it. And honestly, I'm kind of glad Lesnar won it. Sorry, Chris. You're a loser. So I actually wish they would have put that segment. I really liked the segment after the match. And I was kind of waiting for that because they Lesnar was taking the title at the ramp. And they showed him, Seth, you know, was obviously disappointed and upset that, you know, this happened. And I was just waiting for Becky to come in. And like you said, she didn't have to do like the, you know, total girlfriend thing, but, you know, at least show that she cared and they just like cut it. And then I saw, I saw that on there later and I was like, this is what I was waiting for on the actual show. And how many people are going to see this? Like, I really wish they would have put that on there right? and like show that Becky cared. uh, And, but I will say another thing and I'll try to get through this quickly. Uh, Chris would have loved this and I would have loved it. I'll give credit. Uh, I was listening to the Wrestling Observer review of this, and uh, Brian Alvarez on that show said he what the scenario he wanted to see, what they should have done was Brock comes out, he's about to you know attack Seth, win the title. Everybody knows it's coming because Seth is hurt. Becky was outside because of the attack. She should have crawled in the ring, hit a low blow on Lesnar. Lesnar goes down. Seth Rollins co- comes and curb stomps him and gets out of there with his title. Now, the reason why I think this would have been so much better, A, you don't piss the fans off because Lesnar's got the belt again and he's probably going to hold it for a couple more months. It gives Lesnar motivation. It, it, it actually, A, makes Becky – she's because crowd's going to go nuts when this happens. So Seth and Becky are going to be over. They're going to come out of it like, you know, he's still got the belt. They're going to be stars. And Lesnar is going to be furious at both of them. And you could have a program for a month, two months of Lesnar coming out and trying to get at Becky, which is, you know, crazy, but it's Lesnar. Right. Or, you know, or some kind of mind games with that because he's going to be mad at Becky more than anybody because of what she did. She cost him the money in the bank contract. Like that, that, because that's why I like when he said that, when I was listening to it, I was just like, that would have been so great because it just leads to so many possibilities of what they could do. Now there's only Seth is going to, you know, either win the battle Royal that's on raw or somebody less is going to hold the belt. And it's just a repeat of what they've done for like the past five years of Lesnar holding the belt and somebody takes him on at WrestleMania or SummerSlam or something. So I think that would have been a much better ending uh, uh, to the show, but they just gave Lesnar the belt again. Yeah. Kyle, honestly, that's uh, the whole time I'm sitting there going, when is Becky going to get up and hit him? Like that's, that's, I'm sitting there going, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Never happened. You know why? It's because they're sloppy writers. They're lazy. Like you just said, how many different storylines could they have gone if they would have not had Brock win? Or, 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 even, or even this, before he even got to cash in, she hits him with a kendo stick, and then he just keeps chasing him with the, with the, the suitcase. You know, or just, just something to have more of a story option because now we're just pigeonholed back to bad teeth, Brock Lesnar and, and, and Paul Heyman walking around and whenever they feel like showing up and, and holding the title for ransom. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. Well, I actually, I actually like Lesnar, but it's just how they use him. I agree. The last couple of years has been what's, you know, caused so many people to not like him because they just do the same thing. I could just picture now main event of Raw, like Raw tonight, 
what if if Seth Rollins had won that way? Seth Rollins comes out, he's got the belt. You know, they do a thing, and maybe Lesnar doesn't show up the entire show. He nobody hears out of him, and they're like they're talking about it, they're replaying it. But where's Lesnar? Where's he at? Becky Lynch has a main event match against Lacey Evans or something. They're in the middle of the match, and Lesnar's music hits, and he just comes out and he's going after Becky, like just adding something like that in there. And then Seth has to come out and not just like, I mean, defend her, but you know, it just builds something that's just totally different of like, is this madman really going to attack Becky? Like, yeah, it just makes it so more, so much more interesting. And uh, yeah, I wish they would have gone that route instead of just giving him the belt again. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I agree. It is. All right. I'd like to do one V one, but we're running out of time. So I have a bunch of questions that we're going to save for next time. Uh, but one last question, just give me, just give me your answer. You don't have to explain it. Uh, in about an hour or so, we're going to have a battle Royal for the match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. The participants are Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Big E, Cesaro, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Braun Strowman, and Baron Corbin. Chris, Who's going to win that match, and who do you want to win that match? Um, I think the the safe bet is probably Seth. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I would I wouldn't mind. I'd like Seth to win. Okay, uh, I'm afraid the WWE is going to do uh, Roman, but I think Seth. Okay, Kyle, go ahead. Who do you think will win? Who do you want to win? I don't know. So I, I think it's either going to be Seth Roman or Strowman because they've all they all got wins last. Well, Seth had a win last night. <laughs> uh, they all got wins last night. Um, but Roman and Brock's been done a million times. But I think I'm going to go Strowman. Okay. Just because they are going to do something. I don't know. I I think they're going to give it to Seth, but I want to see Strowman get it just to have something okay. different. And maybe they're going to do something with Seth. To hold him over. I think they'll give it to Seth, and I would like them to give it to Rey Mysterio. I think Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar will be a really fun, really fun match. Uh, guys, this has been episode two of Russell Life Radio. Thank you so much for dropping by and hanging out with us for a whole 90 minutes. And I do want to say congratulations to Mark Henry and May Young's hand child for being the logo of Fight for the Fallen. Congratulations on getting a job, little buddy. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Russell Life Radio. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WrestlePod. Chris, you can be found on Instagram at? At Chris Cumby. Uh, Chris.Cumby. Yeah. No, not, no dot, just Chris Cumby. Oh, okay. Chris Cumby. My I'm, bad. I'm the dot. Okay. okay. <laughs> Kyle, you can be found on Instagram at? Kyle.Polly. Do either of you have Twitter? Yes. All right. What's your I Twitter, do, but Chris? I never use it. So have at it if you want to find it. Okay. What's, what's your Twitter, Chris? Uh, I'll tell you next episode because I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can find Jesus. me as at Wrestle Life Matt on both Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much again for dropping by. We will be back in a couple days. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye. See ya.